This is a Healthier Michigan podcast, episode 90. Coming up, we discuss how we can use food to fight fatigue. Welcome to a Healthier Michigan podcast. This podcast is dedicated to navigating how we can improve our health and well-being through small, healthy habits we can start implementing right now. I mean today. I'm your host, Chuck Gatica. Every other week, we sit down with a certified expert to discuss topics that cover nutrition and fitness, a whole lot more. And on this episode, we're diving deep into how we can start eating, maybe foods that we should even stop eating to help us fight fatigue and fuel us right through the day. Because whether you're at work or home, you may need some power. With us today is a registered dietitian for Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan, Susan Okankowski. It's good to have you back. Thanks so much, Chuck. It's really great to be back and talking with you. Well, you've got so much experience, you know, as a healthcare manager for Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. I know you've taught, you teach, you also judge for healthcare awards. So you've got a really deep bench of knowledge. And this idea that somehow, regardless of where we're working physically, that you know, you're kind of in the middle of a task, or maybe it's the middle of your day, and suddenly you kind of get that feeling of wah, wah, wah. You know, it's like somebody's letting air out of your tires, and you're struggling to kind of push through the day. And so for a lot of us, it may be you grab the candy bar, you go for another coffee, although you've had a couple in the morning, or you're, you know, it's, it's sugar, it's caffeine, pick one, an energy drink, and you think, well, that's going to get me going. And it does maybe temporarily, right? Then what? Right. And that's the problem with choosing those kinds of pick-me-ups. And like you said, it's the energy drinks, the extra coffee in the afternoon at three o'clock or whenever it is that you feel that slump or the quick burst of sugar that you think is going to help catapult you, which it will for about 15, maybe 30 minutes. But then your blood sugar tends to do this crash and you almost feel even more fatigued long term for the rest of the night than if you were to just have grabbed something like a fresh piece of fruit. You know, I always say bananas, apricots, berries, things like that combined with a few nuts in the afternoon is a really good way to help get through that slump of the day. So what is it that's causing the fatigue? Is it literally that whatever we had for breakfast or for some people who are into fasting or they've skipped it because, you know, life got so busy, are we setting the table, forgive the pun, early in the day to set us up for this downfall of energy in the middle of the day? Well, that could absolutely be part of it. But I think, too, in addition, and you know, this is just another important thing to mention for all the listeners out there, in addition to, you know, we'll get back to the nutrition aspect, but there's also a lot of other health conditions that may be causing you to feel this way. So, you know, speaking with your primary care physician, potentially getting measured for things like anemia or hypothyroidism, maybe someone is experiencing sleep apnea and their quality of sleep is not great. And or even, you know, depression with mental health being such a concern these days. Like those are other things in addition to, you know, what else could be happening that can cause that midday slump that you think, oh, it's just today or, you know, I'm just feeling this way because I've had a lot going on with my kids. But in all reality, like those can be underlying conditions. So in addition to that, getting back to talking about, you know, what you eat throughout the day is so vitally important for 
almost setting yourself up so you don't hit that afternoon slump. So important things like eating breakfast, even if you're someone out there who does intermittent fasting, whatever time of day you do get up and you start to consume those foods, having the healthy balance of carbohydrates, proteins, and fat, and then continuing to fuel your body every two to three hours throughout the day to maintain that good blood sugar control. Because whether diabetic or not, you still have, you know, your blood sugar is going to go up and down throughout the day. And that's for everybody. So when you're not fueling your system with those healthy foods, you know, your blood sugar is still going to drop. And that's oftentimes when people start to get fatigued or, you know, hydration is another really important factor to ensuring that you don't feel fatigued. And All too often, we don't think about, you know, oh, just drink some extra water. That's not really going to help my fatigue. But in all reality, it is actually a very important part of, you know, maintaining your energy level, maintaining your fatigue is the hydration too, in addition to foods. And you know, this idea that, uh, and we all have excuses for everything in our life, right? At times. And I've heard, I I remember my senior parents used to say to me, well, I forgot to drink water today. And you kind of think that's a senior only thing, right? It's an elder thing. But I have also talked to people and I find myself, well, I I haven't really had much water. Maybe I had coffee. I thought that was water. I had a pop. I think that's what it is. There is water, but it's not the same as water, (laughs) you know? And so you're right. We need to keep track of how we're consuming that beverage in particular. Exactly. Because while the coffee is included in your overall fluid intake for the day, it's actually dehydrating you a little bit. So I always say this rule, like one cup of coffee, one cup of water to just to make sure that you, you know, balance out your hydration levels. And it's a very common thing for many people in the morning to grab that coffee. And then you really don't think about it until you're like, I'm kind of thirsty at lunchtime. And you realize, well, I've had two cups of coffee and barely any water to drink. So hydration is actually another, you know, like I said, important factor to maintaining that energy level throughout the day. Well, you know, you talked about this idea of kind of getting going, even if you are into intermittent fasting and how many of us, uh, I think I've actually seen the slogan on some of the gas stations slash convenience stores, you know, the grab and go. We live in a culture where we're on our way, we're getting gas, we're on our way to work, and you're going to grab and go the honey bun and a big coffee, and and that's breakfast. But if you reverse engineer it and you think about it, you may be setting yourself up for that wah-wah-wah of energy later in the day just simply by what you chose earlier in the day, you know? Exactly. It's those processed foods that are high in added sugars or the energy drinks that are very commonly picked as easy types of items or the muffin. But in all essence, it is giving you that quick boost. And yes, it's a food, but it doesn't contain those, you know, complex carbohydrates like whole grains and or, you know, enough protein that's lean protein that's going to help you really, you know, get through the day with the stable energy. And like you said, Chuck, even some people are skipping a meal because, well, they're too busy. They're getting their kids to school and then they need to get to work. And as the minute you walk in the door, it's like, well, I have to see patients or, you know, whatever it is that you do during the day. And you kind of forget that, well, geez, I missed, you know, breakfast and now I'm really feeling tired and it's 11 o'clock. And so I'll just grab another cup of coffee. But when in all reality, I really need to, you know, maybe grab a banana with a little dollop of almond butter. And they make little packets too of almond butter, peanut butter, you know, whatever nut butter is your favorite. 
those kinds of snacks are easy to grab and go and will help you in the long run to keep that energy level up throughout the day. And in addition to that, things like bananas, and I mentioned earlier some of the other fruits, are also providing your body with magnesium and potassium. And those are a couple of nutrients that we forget about how important they are for our energy levels because when your body is lacking in things like magnesium, potassium, in addition, you know, iron and a couple of others, you can experience that fatigue even if you're eating fairly healthy throughout the day. It's, you know, a nutrient loss that you're experiencing. Well, and that becomes critically important. You mentioned underlying conditions. And for some, I know someone right now that's going through testing and now they've raised, the doctors have raised the issue of maybe a possible ulcer, which was never even on the radar of this person, but their blood work kept coming back with some level of anemia. And, they, and even the doctors were saying, we don't get it. You're like eating right. And so the notion that you may even discover not that you know you have an issue. You may discover an underlying issue that's leading to fatigue. And I think that was such great advice that sort of we put up our antennas that, well, is something else going on? You know, if you are doing everything you're saying we should do, maybe there's an underlying reason there to see your primary care doc, huh? Exactly. And it is important, you know, if you are eating the appropriate amount of iron and magnesium and, you know, your B vitamins, and you're like, oh, I just, I eat, you know, really healthy. I eat clean but I'm just not feeling well. It's hard to get out of bed in the morning and I'm sleeping really well too because that's another thing, you know, quality of sleep is, you know, very critical. Yeah. And it does, you know, drive that need to, I really should reach out to my primary care physician and then they can run the appropriate test to determine, like you said, if there's anything underlying beyond, you know, diet and exercise and other things that could help someone to gain their energy levels back. So if we look at the working person on a typical shift, it doesn't matter whether it's a day or night shift, really. But if we take dinner out for just a moment, because we'll assume that maybe you're doing that off-site, what would be your suggestion for the best way to craft your morning meal, your snack, your lunch, and maybe even another snack in the afternoon? Give us some broader suggestions about what we could do to create maybe a more typical day to help us get through without the crashes that can occur. So the biggest thing is ensuring in the morning that you have some carbohydrates mixed with a little bit of protein and, and fat. And, you know, the good ones, and I know you and I have talked about this on prior episodes, oatmeal. Oatmeal is one of those things that you you can mix a little bit of almond butter, peanut butter in there. You can add some fruit. That is going to help give you energy to keep moving throughout the day. Another example, you know, I think about a lot of individuals like a whole grain toast with maybe a slice of avocado on it. Um, you know, maybe other little bit of cheese on there. That's also going to give you some appropriate protein, carbs, and fats that, again, you know, that blood sugar maintenance. So then you think about, well, coming up on snack time. So I had breakfast. Now I'm going to have, you know, maybe a piece of fruit for my snack. And, you know, that can be anything from a banana to an apricot. And don't worry about those carbs because <laughs> some people are like, oh, that's a lot of carbohydrates in a banana. But the banana is also going to help give you energy. And if you're eating it early in the morning too, and I say early, like you're having it before lunch, you're going to be fairly active throughout the rest of the day that your body is going to utilize those carbohydrates. It's not like they're going to sit in your body and then, you know, turn to fat. And so those are some good options for snacks. And then when lunchtime rolls around, 
don't eat too heavy either. You know, that's the other thing. Some individuals will sit down and have a really, really, you know, carbohydrate heavy lunch that doesn't have a lot of protein or fat in it. That also can potentially determine that slump later in the day. So some better options to think about for lunch would be something like, you know, a salad that has maybe a little bit of quinoa on it. You know, maybe it's uh, some chicken. Um, If you're a vegetarian out there, you know, beans are another really good option. And mixed with, you know, a sprinkling of any kind of your favorite nuts and a light dressing. You can even throw some, you know, well-caught salmon on there is another good option. Like all of those kinds of foods are very balanced in the sense that, again, it's carbs, protein, and fat that are healthy, that are going to maintain that blood sugar control to get you to the afternoon. When now, you know, here you are and it's like, well, I'm getting hungry again. Maybe you have a little pack of hummus that you've thrown into your bag to go somewhere and you dip that with some crackers, you know, again, that's going to get you all the way through, you know, dinner. So those are some, you know, really good options to think about. And plus it's also giving you that iron, magnesium, and B vitamins that your body needs to help stabilize your energy. You know, I've made two discoveries in recent years, and it's really funny because I've used these items in other meals. So I don't mind salmon. I love salmon. But I always thought of salmon and tuna like I've got to take a can or I've got to make this in advance. And then I discovered, like, you know, I'm slow on the uptake here, Susan, that you can buy this stuff in little pouches. So now I've got a case of these salmon pouches coming. They're 70 calories. I just open it up, zip, and I put it on a salad. And, you know, some blueberries and the light dressing and bada bing, bada boom. And it's just the best fast way, whether I'm home or on the go, of creating a lunch. And I always thought, well, this is heavy lifting. I've got to cook the salmon or then I've got to open the whole can of tuna. What do I do with the rest? And what if I don't want to eat it again tomorrow? And this has solved that issue for me. It's been a great find. That's awesome to hear, Chuck. And yeah, you're getting omega-3s from the fish. You're getting, you know, the vitamins from the fish. Whether you have, you know, spinach, kale as your base, like again, those are some other kind of, as I like to call them, powerhouse foods. There's a lot of nutrients packed in there that are going to help keep you stabilized throughout the day. Because I'm sure, like many of us, you know, maybe we have sat down for lunch one time here or another and had, you know, a heavier pasta dish or maybe even, you know, a piece of pizza or something else. And then all of a sudden, you do start to feel kind of tired later on, even though you're full, you're also a little bit tired versus you have that salad with your salmon on it and you're still going at three o'clock and you really don't feel that slump or fatigue as much. And I've also come to enjoy these low triple zero yogurts. You know, they're like 90 or 100 calories and a little sprinkle of berries or even a little added oatmeal. And it's turned into a great snack. I used to think that was like breakfast. And then I thought, well, wait a minute, there's not that much to it. Maybe I can use it as a boost with protein. So there are these little things that I think each of us can discover. And once you find it, because not everybody can eat dairy or like yogurt, not everybody likes salmon. But when you discover those individual hacks... They become really easy ways for you to go about your day and not worry. You know, it has been for me anyway. Exactly. And that's a nice thing too. Like you mentioned, there's all kinds of other alternatives out there. Like I know one of my kids' favorite snack in the afternoon when they come home from school is they like yogurt and raspberries or blueberries mixed in. And, you know, with the lactose intolerance, it's like, well, we've just, we found a different alternative yogurt that 
they can eat that, you know, and they still really enjoy it. And it's a good snack for them to keep going throughout the rest of the day. And there's all kinds of things, like you said, if you're not a fish lover, there's, you know, chicken or a lean, you know, meat, or if you're a vegetarian, there's all kinds of beans and lentils and quinoa and other things that you can sprinkle on that salad that, again, are going to be packed with nutrients and give you the energy you need. So if we're in a setting now, and increasingly we are in settings where we're back to, you know, old school machines or all we've got somewhere in the commissary area, although a lot of companies are putting out food, although, you know, in this time that's still not the case. What would you say that if we didn't make a plan and we've got to get something on the go that's staring us in the face from some little machine, That's what would be the go-tos that you would look for that are not so crazy that they're not even in the machine, you know what I mean? But that would be stuff that you would pick. You'd say, well, that's the one I'm going to go for. What would that be for a, a snack, not so much a meal? Yeah, a snack, you know, they make, and I've seen these all over the place. Um, they have oftentimes like crackers and cheese, or they have peanut butter crackers, which can be common. Watch for the trans fats. And you know, some of those packaged foods can have some, you know, processing with them. But there's a lot of other really good options out there like that, where you're mixing a little bit of carb, a little bit of protein, a little bit of fat. And I've even noticed, and I've seen a lot of um, vending machine companies starting to add more fresh foods into the cycle. So, Mm -hmm. you know, people can grab a piece of fresh fruit as it's going around instead of just, you know, the chips, the cookies, the, the other candy, traditional type items that are in the vending machines and the, the grab and goes. You know, the other thing that I've discovered in my life, and again, I'm not so special, I'm just sharing, but I forget, somebody did a study and they said you can almost learn to like anything after 30 days. You can almost learn to like taking guitar lessons if you don't know what you're doing, like me. You know, after 30 days, you get kind of good at something where there's some hope. And I have found my taste buds can adapt Like if I saw an apple just a few years ago going around in some machine in a carousel, I would not pick an apple. I would think, oh, I don't know. It's an apple. I'll get one of those at home or something. And now my palate has changed, but it took me a minute for me to get those things, you know, hummus and crackers, if that's an option I see or something. And you try it, and if you try it a couple times, chances are good, you know, you can retrain your brain and your palate to really accommodate these healthier choices I have found. You absolutely can, even as an adult, like you said. Sometimes we get so set in our ways, and it's like, well, I don't like a certain food because I've never enjoyed it, or I just, you know, I don't care for it. But, you know, on average, it takes at least three to six times to try something, whether it's, you know, a toddler trying something for the very first time in their life, or an adult going back and saying, you know, I don't like fish. And I hear this commonly too from adults where it's like, oh, seafood is just, you know, I would never eat salmon. I don't like salmon. But like you said, trying it a few times in different ways with different seasonings too. And that's the other nice part about trying new things is there's different ways to eat it. And quinoa, like quinoa, salmon, I mean, the list goes on, right? There's different ways to season it where you're not adding a ton of salt and it really can kind of hit what you like for your own palate and continuing to try and change things. And eventually it does become a food that you add into your overall dietary intake. 
So I know we've been kind of stopping leading up to dinner time, and I don't know that you want to jump into dinner planning, but I think there's another piece of this that even comes in after dinner, right, which can lead to impacting your sleep if you're snacking too late and if you're drinking coffee or grabbing yet another. God, if I have a Tim Hortons before 9 o'clock at night, it's like rocket fuel. I'm sorry. I love it. It's just that it's going to keep me up till 2. I know it. It's just going to happen. So, you know, you have to understand your own makeup. But later at night, don't we also have to kind of reverse engineer to start to think about when, when are we cutting off what we're eating, even if we are in the midst of a snack because we're starting to stream some new show? You know, what's your advice about setting yourself up for a good day tomorrow? You know, that's a really tricky question. And here's why. Sometimes, you know, I would say always, you know, try not to eat anything about an hour and a half before you go to bed. And there's a couple of different reasons for it. Anyone out there who may suffer from ulcers or any sort of acid reflux issues, you don't want to eat and then lay down. And that snack that you have, you know, an hour and a half before you go to bed should be again like a smaller snack unless you can't help it and you're one of those individuals who works in the evenings comes home and then you know has to go to bed shortly thereafter well of course you want to make sure that you fuel yourself appropriately for the next day cuz you don't want to just skip dinner just because well I've been busy and I didn't have the opportunity to eat dinner and now I need to go to bed I don't want to eat too close to bed so I would say you know eat a small meal if that is the case and make sure that you're getting your overall needed calories in, but try to do it, you know, at least 90 minutes before you lay down in bed to allow for that digestion to start and, and everything else. So you don't have any sort of reflux problems. And like you said, you're then helping yourself to set up for the next day. Yeah, that's great. And I really think that we holistically, you know, you've talked about so many different things and we could go down other roadmap trails here, but we won't have time. But, you know, the idea of sleep and what if you have sleep apnea and all these things, the quality of your mattress, right? I mean, all this figures into why am I nodding off at 3 p.m. tomorrow afternoon? You know, it's like, what's going on? So there are so many things to look at, but this energy that we can get, this boost from food, which is our main topic today, is just so intriguing. And it, some of it's common sense, and then we forget it. We sometimes let it go right by us. Yeah, life gets busy. Yeah. And it is one of those common things where when you're really busy and your brain is firing in all kinds of different directions for work and family life and the house and maybe you're traveling, that you kind of forget the basic foundational building blocks of just, you know, keeping yourself fueled and hydrated throughout the day so that you can keep going and you don't hit the slump. Well, as we wrap up here, we can recap a little bit, but give us some takeaways, the top things we should be thinking about of how we can boost our energy and reduce fatigue as we head through our days, whether it's at work or at home. couple of things, you know, just to kind of wrap up, always try to fuel yourself every two to three hours. And with that fuel, you're getting a mix of carbohydrates, protein, and fat. And just to think about some of those yummy snacks and or something you incorporate into a meal, fruit and nuts, hummus and crackers, you know, cheese and crackers, those kinds of foods are going to help you get through your day without hitting that midday slump. And don't reach for the candy, the coffee, and the extra energy drinks or the honey bun. They're not going to make you feel good at the end of the day. 
Yeah, that's good advice. And, you know, I don't think I've had a honey bun in years, but if I were to see one, I, I'm telling you, I'd still be tempted. It's just one of those things. You know, there's certain things that want to jump off the shelf and go right into my hand. Sorry. <laughs> Everything in moderation, right? <laughs> Everything yeah, in moderation. Well, and you know, that is something that you've actually been preaching even in this episode, and I know we've talked about it before, balance, right? Moderation and balance. And you are even talking about balancing nutrients in all of your snacks and meals. It's just, it is common sense, but sometimes I lose it anyway. I don't know about everybody else. Yeah. And there's always room for a honey bun every now and then, or a donut <laughs> from the apple orchard this fall. Just make sure that it's not an everyday thing because we're human and everyone likes to enjoy a little treat now and then. Wait, were you peeking in the kitchen and did you see that my wife Susan brought home a bag of donuts and apple cider? Had, did, were you peeking? Did you see that no, already? No, I didn't, but you're going to enjoy one of those, right? <laughs> well, I, you know what I do, and it's my thing, and my wife kids me. I enjoy a uh, cider mill donut in pieces. That way, in my mind, I kind of think like I haven't had the whole one until by the end of the day I have. But it's just my thing. I don't ever sit down and eat a whole donut. It's just a funny trait. It's one of those wacky habits I have, you know. Oh, you're balancing it. That's okay. Is that what it is? Yes. Um, I can't wait to tell her that you gave me like a prescription to get donut and cider. This is awesome. Well, it's good to talk to you again. Thanks for all your help. Thank you so much, Chuck, for having me on. Oh, sure thing. That's Susan Okankowski, who's a registered dietitian and a healthcare manager at Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan helping us all get through this idea of how we can boost our energy and reduce fatigue. We want to thank you for listening to a Healthier Michigan podcast. It's brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. If you like the show and you want to know more, what are we? we're up to episode 90 now, so we've got a lot of previous episodes with tons of great content, trust me. And then we've got future episodes coming. You can check us out online at ahealthiermichigan.org slash podcast. You can leave us reviews or ratings on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. You can get all the new episodes for your smartphone, your tablet, your new iPhone, whatever it is. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. I'm Chuck Gatica. Be well. <laughs>